Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this quick shot of romance is podcast contributor Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. Um, should we call you like bi-coastal Carolina? Carolina is like <laughs> flying in and out across the country all over the world. I, I've yeah. been doing a little bit of traveling, yeah. But I'm, I'm back on my home turf. <laughs> there you go. Back in that magical place of home. I like home. <laughs> anyway. I do like home. Um, so this is, a, this was kind of a last minute switch in. Um, but I'm so excited to talk about because I love this author, but we have not talked about this series. We don't. You haven't? Nope. We have never done a quick shot. I don't think that we bring them up in list episodes. Um, We are talking about doing a trope episode, a trope talk episode that involves kinks. So we probably would talk about it there. Um, But no, in general, we have not discussed this series by this author. I am so honored to be part of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are talking... Uh, The Wicked Horse series by Sawyer Bennett. In particular, we are going to be reviewing book two, Wicked Lust. Um, So I am super excited to talk about this. This book is just wait till we get to the author warning because it will (laughs) tell you all the things. Um, Okay, Carolina, read us the synopsis for Goodreads. Kane Murphy is big as is as big and bad as they come. After serving in the Marines, he's returned home to Wyoming and now works as head of security at the exclusive sex club, The Wicked Horse. His job is to protect not only the patrons, but to zealously guard the secret existence of the club itself. Sloan Preston is all about discovering secrets. As an undercover reporter, she's determined to reveal the truth behind the facade of The Wicked Horse and expose it for all the world to see. She just didn't count on her pathway into the club coming at the hands of one gorgeously scarred and badass bouncer who manages to easily possess her body and soul. While Kane's not looking for anyone to catch his eye, Sloane did it all the same, and he's not bemoaning the fact that she's as wickedly kinky as he is. As both get caught up in the sinful fantasies that only Wicked Horse can create, secrets and loyalties will be tested and hearts will risk being broken. Warning, this book has sex in it. Lots of sex, dirty sex. The Wicked Horse is a a bit different than what Sawyer Bennett normally writes. While you'll still enjoy fabulous characters, a suspenseful story and some witty banner and and an epic romance, there's just a lot of sex. You've been warned. (laughs) Which just cracks me up. (laughs) Okay, but I also have to note that this is a good blurb like it is after reading the book like this is a fantastic blurb so we're gonna give a special shout out to lisa who is sawyer's right hand woman she calls herself the ceo of everything um for sawyer bennett and sawyer bennett uh books and such uh lisa writes all of sawyer's blurbs and so well, she is well like, done lisa this well is- done fantastic blurb synopsis whatever you want to call it a plus <laughs> plus um so the release date on this is Ju- uh, january 5th of 2016 
um, tropes. Apparently, I didn't write the tropes down. <laughs> so there's miscommunication trope in this misidentity. It's not mistaken identity. It's a misleading yeah. identity. Um, this is a damaged hero. And let's see here. Small town, sex club. There is kink. Uh, a little workplace, like close proximity workplace-ish. Yeah. Places. She, well, she, have, yeah, yeah. Eventually, there is that. Eventually. <laughs> um, but the series name is the Wicked Horse series. This is a series of standalones. You can read these completely on their own, and you are not lost within the series at all. Um, I think Sawyer Bennett is one of the best authors that does this, that truly writes in series that are standalone. As we all know, I encourage everybody to, you know, machete the hockey series, like, just read wild. You don't need to read the other books. You know how I am. Well, I, and I would say, you know, that there's this, they are a series of standalones. This one does rely on the first book a little bit more than I think the rest of the series. Um, there are some situations in what brings Sloan to Wyoming. Um, and there's a few factors in there that I, you could still read it as a standalone. I think you will get a much better reading experience if you read book one yeah. first. I can see that. I can see that. I do feel like, though, the uh, the author does a really good job of kind of telling you, showing you without telling you exactly why yeah. Sloane is in town. Uh, through through Sloane's own interactions and her own thought process and um, such like that. Like, she does a good job of immersing you into the world yeah, without yeah, yeah. having to tell you everything. Because I also didn't feel like sometimes when we read a series of standalones, sometimes I can feel like as the books go on the series, the author has to go back and rehash everything that happened in the previous books to make you feel like you're secure and set up. And sometimes that can get daunting. And I don't feel that in this. Series. I don't feel like she did that in this series, but the, yeah, there's parts of that storyline that plays throughout this this whole storyline book yeah. one storyline plays through this one yeah so um put out percentage is 16 percent between the couple yes the prologue is different and we are actually going to have an addendum to this episode in buzzing after dark so if you're a part of our the buzzing about romance bookcase and coffee patreon you can hear us talk about the prologue and all of that in our buzzing after dark addendum on patreon um so let's just get into it and let's talk kane grumpy cowboy grumpy cowboy security military dude 100 yeah. percent. and it, it, what i what i loved about him and is yeah he definitely has that um, and you think he's going to go one way, but I really loved how kind of Sloan knocks him off his rocker and just kind of his internal battle with all of that. Yeah. I, the other thing that I appreciate with, um, Kane's character is sometimes when we get veterans, uh, former military people, um, it's their whole identity that everything they've done and everything they mm -hmm. did for their whole life was centered around that military um, persona identity. Kane is not like that. He actually talks about how while at the time it was a good choice, it was not his best choice. 
He did not like being a Marine. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of layers to him because not only does he, um, you know, work for the bar, the Wicked Horse Bar, and then the club also, but he also works on the ranch, um, Double J Ranch, and I'm forgetting the, the owner's name from book one. Oh, um, uh, Wolf. 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 Yeah. Wolf's yeah. Uh, Ranch. And, you know, he does have a lot of layers to him. Um, and there's reasons behind everything, but this man is also 100% um, loyal as well um, and will back back everything up. He knows who to trust. He's a pretty good judge of character. Um, well, he's, a, he's a really good judge of character. And so... Um, he is. He also has an intuitive nature, I feel like, too. Like, And that's part of why he is so successful, because one of the things we learn is he's classified a fantasy maker. He works basically for the bar as the head of security. But part of that security also is the security for the silo, which is the sex club side of the of the business. And um, holy crap, words just went out of my head. Uh, <laughs> But we find out that his role within the actual silo is a little different. It's not all security. It also, he um, plays a part in other people's fantasies and such. And that comes to play into the story a little bit later with uh, Sloane and some interactions. But I feel like that's probably why he is so successful in that role is because he can read the people and read the room and see when things are too far. Um, because there's actually a couple of scenes with Bridger, who is the guy that owns everything, that I am really shocked that Kane never like punched him in the head. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it showed that Kane had, well, I think there was in those particular scenes, he showed a lot of restraint, but I think he was also dealing with some like internal confusion of feelings and emotions that he was like, what I, I feel this way, but should I have this deep of an emotion? Um, but I don't want this to happen, or like yeah. I don't want it to. He just he kind of has that internal battle, which was really in, interesting to experience. Well, and Kane is not looking for long term. He actually is. Uh, his wife has passed away, um, and she was, as Leah would say, a trash person, and she really screwed him over and um because emotionally of that, and financially yeah so and because of, of that he's not looking for forever he's no, not even it, looking for happily for now no he he doesn't he doesn't want a relationship he doesn't want any of those connections no he's known for taking girls out into the parking lot of the wicked horse of the bar i just he's having sex with them in the truck He's very transactional, a very transactional. Absolutely. So let's talk about Sloan. Sloan has come to Jackson, Wyoming. And she is there to um, dig up some dirt on the governor of Montana and his yes. daughter. You know, I really loved her character because this uh, an investigative reporter could easily be the type of person that you would despise um or hate and she 
you could tell that she was really going for the truth of what's really happening um is this and and she had as you learn throughout the book reasons for why she wanted to find the truth um some of it with her history um but there was also she also had an interesting twist on meeting people and blending in and how to stand out um because yeah. sloan and kane's meet cute right because i don't know will. what else to call it <laughs> <laughs> because it's they've you know what i'm going to call their meet cute the point that they really connect for the first time because they've observed each other at the bar right. they've been circling around days. each other for like five days five days and she knows she realizes that he he's the guy that kane's the guy that she needs to get with to really get the scoop um, on the club and to get the juice for her story. But she also realizes that, you know, he, she sees him, like all the girls fawn over him. So she can't take a typical like female bat my eyes approach. Um, and she basically punches another guy and puts him flat on the floor. And that gets his attention, like her holding her own. So yes. she's a bit of a badass. Um, and there's a lot of I think self-discovery and self-confidence in her, just in herself, but then also her sexuality throughout this book, which is fantastic. Um, and you really get to see the good in what she. Yeah, I mean, she good is in her person. And you have to see that because she's relying on quite a bit of deception. So she thinks her in to get the scoop that could connect the governor to the super secret sex club in Montana is um, through Kane and through his job as the head of security. And while she, she never fakes their physical attraction or their chemistry, because you can't fake that kind of chemistry, she's holding a lot of secrets close to her chest that she kind of pieces out, you know, about her family history. I mean, up and until the end, before, right before they reconcile, Kane didn't even know her full history and truly yeah. who she was and what she was hiding. And so, it, and it and it and it's more about um, it's the omission. Yeah, it, she never truly. The only thing she lies about in the beginning is her last name and like her initial intention of being there, like in, like her job. Otherwise, when she talks about herself personally, um, some interests and in some of her experience, it's all truth. She just doesn't give the story 100%. Yeah. Yeah, she... I, so I am not a huge fan always of misleading or miscommunication or the deception trope. Like, those can sometimes be a hard sell for me. Because, you know, if you're not being honest, you're not being upfront with who you really are, how true and how strong is that connection? I didn't have any of those feelings in this mm -hmm. book. So if deception trope is something that you're kind of like, ooh, I don't think I like it. This is one of the few and undercover FBI agents and undercover reporters are about the only ones I believe that I'm okay with. Yeah. And I mean, kind of jumping ahead, there's what she does and, and I know this book is what 
how many years old six years old at this point yeah um but I also don't want to give certain things away but the way she goes about telling her truth towards the end is very well done it and Sawyer Bennett does a great job of building that that it's believable that is not like it really isn't a miscommunication trope. This one's not that. There's a deception element to it, but it's kind of goes with the job. But she find like the way she reconciles it, I think was very well done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so one of the things that you don't get a ton of in this story is the friend group, because as I was reading the epilogue of this book, I wasn't even sure, like I couldn't, this is a reread of this for me. I read these books as they came out back in 2016. So I wasn't even sure who got the next book. Like I wasn't, I knew it wasn't Bridger. He, his is the last book in the series. Um, but I wasn't even quite sure which one of the characters that had been in play was going to have a next book because this book is so focused on Sloan and Kane, and they both have such deep histories and are so afraid to truly connect that the book spent so much time on their connections and their intimacy together. Um, mm -hmm. that we, we don't always get that in room. Sometimes pages can be crowded with lots of side characters and funny little moments and stuff, but this book was really Kane and Sloan's story. You get a little bit of it of the men's friend group and that comes out of all everybody working um, and being fantasy makers in the silo together. You get a little bit of that and you see it in how um, Kane helps fulfill one of Sloan's fantasies. Um, and also when everybody tries to slap um, Kane upside the head towards the end of the book. Um, but you there's really not a female friend group yet. And that doesn't come into the series until, I don't know if it's the next book or the fourth book. Like it comes a little bit later. Fourth and fifth book that we really get the female group of friends. Yeah. Um, so this book does talk about addiction and drug use. I guess we should have put that in some content and trigger warnings there. Um, both Kane and Sloan have a little bit of a shared history there with loved ones and people in their life that have had issues with addiction and it truly controls their choices and their decisions Intent and intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just felt really real. It felt really real and gritty and raw. And my heart really broke for Kane. Like I got why he, because he did not instantly forgive her when she comes forward. Cause you know, there's going to mm -hmm. be a third third, act breakup and I'm not going to go into huge detail but when she comes to him he's a jackass but I get it yeah he is and you know I think she from Sloan's perspective you know you really see the battle of you know why she makes certain decisions and then finally how um she comes to the place of, you know, what she doesn't end up doing. Um, and, and I really loved that part of it. Um, and it did break my heart um, that Kane <laughs> was such a jerk about it. Such but, I mean, I, I did get it. But 
then once he come he came around it was it was so sweet and I loved kind of how his friends you know were like no listen pay attention do this and it was like they really had to slap him upside the head um well and I like how Bridger played a little bit of a matchmaker for them that just made me love him even more he does that a little bit. He's kind of like the matchmaker in this whole series, yeah. um, which makes you like, it's rough because he's the last book, but you're like itching for his book. Well, and I think it was uh, Sloan in the book looks at Bridger and goes, yeah, because you're a romantic at heart. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, kind of is. He kind of is. Um, Okay, so there are some really super spicy, 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 spicy scenes. We are going to talk about those more in our Buzzing After Dark, um, which is exclusive to the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon. So if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts on these parts of the book, join us over at patreon.com slash bookcaseandcoffee for Buzzing After Dark. No, Buzzing After Dark might contain spoilers. So... Don't listen if you don't want spoilers, but the book's been out since 2016. I'm not sure why everyone's not reading this. Um, okay, Carolina, let's ask her questions. Did you like this book? Yes, 100%. Loved it. Um, I did too. I love this book. I love this series. I love Vegas, even though apparently Vegas um, is Sawyer's least favorite she just didn't like writing and in we, Vegas. And we should explain that Wicked Horse, this first series, all happens in Wyoming. Um, I don't remember how many books, six or seven books five. in this series. Five books. Um, There's five I'm books in Wicked Horse. Books. Wicked Horse. And then there is a spinoff, Wicked Horse Vegas. Yep. Um, that has, six I know, books. more than, well, six books. Six there books. you go. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Um, who would typically like this book? Um, I, you know, you, you will want to be okay with a little bit of taboo, but I think there's something great about trusting this author. Like if you've read her other stuff very much that you can trust, um, where she's going to go character driven. I put this also in the category of, um, Stacey Kennedy's, um, sex club books with the intimacy and the character development. This is not just, um there is plot there is storyline definitely plot there is a character arc with character development you are not just getting pwp um yeah and we've explained that term on the podcast so if you don't know it just send me a message and i'll tell you what it means um but the other thing of that is too i think if you are currently reading things like eyes on me praise uh, Kay Webster, but want a little softer, more intimacy to the books, then you should try this series. Um, it yeah. does have a little bit of praise kink to it. He is a dirty talker. So you get all of those elements with really character forward, well-developed character arcs, um, stories. So, and strong heroines, yes. it, you know, um, so I don't think Sawyer Bennett writes a wallflower at all she every heroine i'm like thinking back to all of her heroines have their own unique strength yeah. so you know it makes them 
um, relatable, aspirational. Yeah, there's a beauty to the amazing. stories that to the heroines she writes. I mean, yeah. we're in the midst of summer reading, and everyone's looking for a book bestie. One of my book besties is Clark, who is the heroine of Wild. While I go on and on about Wild, it's really Clark that is divine in that book. I love her. <laughs> I date her. Um, would you recommend this book? Yes, 100%. Same, same. Um, again, so if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts and parts of this book, join us over on patreon.com slash bookcaseandcoffee for Buzzing After Dark. I also want to make the programming note. For the summer months, June and July at least, we will be going down to one quick shot of romance a week. Those episodes will drop on Thursdays starting on June 9th. This is a great time to catch up on quick shots of romance or revisit some of your favorites. It's also a great time to take part in summer reading challenge. So you'll absolutely want to join us over there for that. Um, Carolina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Becky, for having me talking about books I love. Great. Um, until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 